In this episode of Full Stack Radio, I talked to Jason Cohen about hiring people to join the Tailwind team, figuring out what to focus on, and learning how to manage. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 142. For people who aren't familiar with you, I kind of became familiar with you through like the the microconf sort of circles. I remember seeing the talk that you gave at microconf years ago. I think it's like designing the ideal bootstrap business, which has become like sort of a a famous talk in like the bootstrap startup uh, circles. And then from there, I kind of discovered your blog and went back and read, you know, a lot of the amazing articles that you posted and listened to other interviews that you've done and stuff like that. so it's really awesome to have the chance to speak with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So the reason that I want to have you uh, on the podcast is for the last few years, I have been running a little business by myself for a number of years and then with a partner for the last year and a half where uh, I started by releasing like eBooks and video courses. And that's kind of let me leave my job and kind of go independent. And it went really well and I was really successful with that. And then did another ebook with who my partner is currently that was super, super successful and did like a million dollars in revenue in the first month, which is an an ebook on design for developers. And then since then, we've sort of tried to get our foot like into the software world a little bit more. So like kind of easing out of like the info product stuff into stuff that's a little bit closer to software. So um, now we make uh kind of like commercial templates and stuff for the tailwind css framework which is a css framework that i actually originally created um which is cool so it's it's been cool to be able to find a way to sort of build a business around what was originally just less kind of fun open source project that we kind of built this community around but up until now it's just been me and steve my partner working on this stuff and it's kind of gotten to the point where there's just so much stuff that we want to do and um not enough kind of resources to do it. So we started dipping our toes into the sort of world of hiring and trying to grow the team. Mm-hmm. So when I was emailing with you before we did this, uh, before we kind of set this up, I kind of laid out a couple of these details. And the first thing that you said was, you guys are doing how much in revenue with just the two of you? Like, why are you hiring anyone at all? So I think maybe it would be good to kind of start there and uh, hear more about kind of your your take on that and uh, what it would take for me to convince you that it's a good idea, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't need to convince me. I think, I think, um, I think most people don't like to manage other people. There are some people that do love it. They love being managers. Um, that's, that's neat. Um, that's fine. But uh, I, I think most people don't enjoy it. And, it kind of makes sense. Like you're a master of some sort of craft. And so you want to do that instead of messing about with somebody else. Also, you probably have strong opinions about stuff. Like in your case, maybe design or writing code or something. And that makes it very hard to delegate to anybody else because they're not going to do it exactly the same way. And probably it's fine, but also probably it's hard for you to let go of even the inconsequential details. And so that makes it harder. So I think, uh, I think there's various reasons why. Uh, and, and, And plus like who wants to spend time, figuring out someone else's career or working through some psychological thing that they have or et cetera, um, as opposed to working again on whatever it is, it's your specialty and that you really enjoy. So I don't think people like it. And then if you don't like it and you don't uh, spend time to become a good manager, then you're sort of de facto a bad manager. Sure. <laughs> That's what that is. Um, uh, sometimes we, uh, we try to convince ourselves that that makes us a good manager in other words, we say things like, oh, I hire good people and get out of their way. Or, you know, I just get rid of uh, problems and let them go. 
and and uh, we convince ourselves that that's a good manager. Um, really, that's just not being one, um, as opposed to actually helping somebody uh, with whatever it is that their goals are. Um, if you don't know what your employee's personal goals even are, then you're definitely not helping them achieve it, and that's part of what makes you a bad manager. So, uh, so I think most people are bad managers, and they don't really want to be good ones, and that's okay. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's all right. It's being a manager is its own. Um, its own career path. Uh, it's its own specialty. It's its own skill set, and uh, it's it's not logical that everyone would want to do it. So, um, so it's just sort of de facto. And then you take founders. And you're like, geez, founders are even less interested in organization or process or dealing with people and stuff. Like that's probably part of why they are founders is because they don't want to operate in some sort of structure like that. So even worse, yeah. <laughs> even even worse of a manager. Plus, you have this. I mean, there is this tacit thing of. You created things that are worth millions of dollars and whoever you hired for whatever didn't. It doesn't make that, that make you more right or better at making decisions. And so there's this dynamic in there. And then so it, just all these things are conspiring for it to not not be a good idea. Um, then there's the cost. Like, you know, oh, there's all the, just just as you said, there's all these things we want to do. Right. But hiring people is really expensive because uh, I mean, not just because. I mean, obviously you're paying them, but it's also your time and all this stuff. And then you sometimes you hire the wrong person. And that's really expensive in terms of your time and, and also money, but time's more, even more valuable. And then do they really generate so much more revenue that it's even worth it? And uh, often, especially when it's small, the answer is no. Like unless it's really taking off like crazy, then often the answer is no. It's not really incrementally that much better. And so in in again, in the balance, you're like, wait, I went from doing the things that I love to managing people and my take-home money, my take-home profit, is either not different at all, or, or not significantly different, and I'm not doing what I love anymore. That doesn't yeah. seem like a very good trade. Yeah. Um, so that so, so there's various reasons why it's not good. Now, of course, <laughs> but you have to, or because you can you can only scale so much <laughs> as a person, and no matter how efficient you are and whatever, there's only so much. So if your goal, so depending on what your goals are, you don't have a choice but to hire. Um, no, our, our goals are to get bigger. Like, I don't want to just take home lots of profit. I want to reach even more people also. Or now I want even more profit, but in the long run. Or I want the shares of this company to be worth a lot, uh, a whole lot more than even the great amount of profit that I'm taking home. Yeah. And so I need to build that up. Or um, I'm just bored doing the things that I'm good at, which is which does also happens, right? Of like, I know I can make another ebook, but I'm tired of that. I want a different adventure. Yeah. And this is a construct. The current company is a construct with uh, momentum and uh, audience and et cetera to, to use for doing something new. So like, I don't care that I could just keep doing it, what I was doing and making money. Cause I don't want to, I want to do something else. The, the reason I'm bringing all that stuff up is obviously all those are really good reasons too. <laughs> of course, yeah. these are all good reasons to do it or not do it. So the reason I'm bringing it up is to be specific as to what are the reasons because the specific reasons then lead to uh, answering the question, so what what should you do? Who should you hire? What are you trying for them to do? So for example, suppose you say like, look, I know I can do X, but I'm just tired of doing X. I want to do something else. Well, then you should hire someone to do X to free you up to do the something else. What would be wrong if that were the goal would be to hire someone to do the something else because then you're still stuck doing X or maybe just managing rather than what you wanted to do, which is something uh, else. So in other words, you might want to replace yourself if the, your goal is to, is for you to work on something new. Uh, on the other hand, um, 
you know, there, there's other goals where just the opposite would be the right course of action, that you should stay in your place of, uh, of, of, uh, of, of strength. So, for example, let's say the goal is, no, look, I just want to make the most revenue possible. That's my goal. Okay, well, then the last thing you personally should do is go work on something that's important for that goal, and you're not the best person in the world for it. That would be that would be suboptimal. You'd want to hire someone who's really good, who's better than you at it, whatever it is. That's what you should do. So, um, so those are so so depending on whether the goal is in this in this little sub example, if the goal is grow the most, then you want to hire specialists in whatever is most valuable, and you shouldn't do it because you should hire someone better than you at whatever it is that's important. But on the other hand, if the if the goal is personally, I want to do this other thing, then you should do just the opposite and hire someone that is exactly good at your own specialty. So you see how like th- this is why I'm, I'm emphasizing these goals and, and even listing out examples of them yeah, just yeah, to say yeah. what I mean by that, because the conclusions are opposite of who you would hire or and yeah. of course, or whether you should hire at all. Right. OK, so I think I can give some context there anyways that will maybe make this conversation more interesting, which is um I definitely fall more in the side of like wanting to do new things, but not in the sense that like I want to like get rid of what, not in the sense that I want to start doing completely different things in the sense that, oh, I want to learn how to be good at sales instead of continuing to program. It's more like we develop these products, we kind of like figure them out and like that's like the first maybe 20% of it. And then it feels like the other 80% is just execution and just like taking it over the finish line. And for me, like where I'm the most happy is in that sort of early R and D phase of every project, just exploring the new thing, kind of figuring out what's interesting about it, picking a direction, spiking out the first few pieces of it. And then I kind of want to tackle something else like that again. Um, is that something that you can relate to or have any advice when it comes to hiring if those are sort of the goals? Yeah, but here's the problem. Okay. Um, that's the fun part, and it's hard to find people who want to do only the boring part. Yeah. Or the, I should say drudgery. It's not boring. But the le- you know the whole joke of like the first 80% takes half, or the first 80% takes 80% of the time, and then the last 20% takes the other 80% yeah, of the time, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly, um, it's hard to find people that only want to work on the yeah. other 80%. And that's like um, another problem I was, was going to ask you about, right? Which is like what I've found so far is we do have one person who started with us and um, he's been awesome. But I feel this like internal need as like the person in charge of that person to like make sure that I'm giving them the most enjoyable, fulfilling work to do because I want them to be happy. And in a way, I, it's it puts me at risk of leaving myself with even more of the stuff that I didn't want to do. You know what I mean? And figuring out how to balance that um, feels like it's going to be a real challenge. Yeah. So there are people who do like to, so I was saying that tongue in cheek because, you know, a lot of people are not like that. Um, But actually some people are, there are people where their personalities are. I don't like the scary part where you don't know what to do. I like it when it's really clear what to do. I like it when the product manager writes the stories out for me. I like it where I know exactly why every piece of work is right. I like it when I do really high quality work. I like it to where I've written maintainable code that other people can see because comments that has 100% code coverage that when it pushes out, it's going to work. And I really like that. And I don't like the part where you don't know which feature to make. 
Yeah, where that, there's all that's this also personality. And, yeah. Um, and so, like, at, at the scale of something like WP Engine, which is my current company, um, we have about 900 people in the company and about 150 in R&D. It takes every kind of person. It can't be that everyone's working on something brand new, and it can't be that everyone's just uh, uh, optimizing and, and, and so forth. It, it, it takes all those things and, and people with all kinds of proclivities to function. So we, we actually try to hire people of different kinds to make up teams so that there's puzzle pieces of all the kind of things that, that, are, uh, that are useful, um, that, that are ne- necessary even. So it's not impossible. I think if the job description is, you know, take stuff that's been thrown over the transom, that's not, uh, that it's, it'll be hard to hire for that. But if you cast it in these other, in this other light, it could be interesting. Like, uh, you know, here's a small company who wants to make new products, not too many per year, because it's not a huge company. It's not like we're going to make 14 new products a year. Yeah. But when we do, like we have the ability to really scale, really scale it, really sell it to hundreds of thousands of people. So the work that you do here, I'm talking about you, of course, sure. um, will be seen by hundreds of thousands, if not a million people over its lifetime, which is really exciting. So, you know, we're looking for people who are interested in uh, hardening and optimizing and building, you know, uh, products. And so if you think of what you were talking about, more of a proof of concept or more of a product, uh, as opposed to an engineering sort of mindset of what you're mm. doing. Yep. And then you think about hiring someone who whose mindset is more, I'm an engineer, I'm an engineer's engineer, and I really, you know, I do it well, then that could be good. But on the other hand, you have to ask yourself, is that really um, what you want from that person? Do you want someone who is going to spend what you think is three times longer than it should take but what you're not really taking into account is, but it really works. Yeah. <laughs> now, again, like as as uh, as founders or even just people who subscribe to Agile, that's a bad thing in a sense. Like you should put it out before it's ready and it should have bugs and, you know, right. And so it, do you want the mentality of someone who's like, no, I'm going to make it right? Uh, maybe because to get to scale, it has you have to do all those things. But maybe not because in a startup uh, environment, um, that just takes too long and isn't agile. So, I mean, this is a question for, that you have to answer, obviously, but I'm just pointing out, like, on the one hand, those people do exist, but this is what they w- will want to do. And is is that what you are trying to optimize for? And again, at WP Engine, the answer is it depends on the product line. For the product line that's 10 years old, the answer is, yes, we want to take longer and make yeah. sure it works. because so it's going to get rolled out times hundreds of thousands or even times millions. So even a very tiny error rate is catastrophically bad. Like thousands of customers will have a problem if we have a tiny error rate. So yes, that's actually the right trade-off in that product line. And then we have newer product lines where that's exactly the opposite is the correct way to do it, right? So again, matching the person, matching the expectation for the appropriateness of the thing is, is the is actually the goal. Yeah. Do you think like that is a little bit harder when you're as small as we are, where it kind of feels hard to hire someone just to specialize in like, sort of one mindset of work you know what i mean like does it make sense to try and set things up in a way where whoever we bring on like they do get to own a couple of like the new interesting projects but we also kind of all have to um you know do the chores too and can we set things up in a way there where it still feels like uh, a net positive addition in terms of like me and my business partners sort of like maybe a little bit of like reduced having to do everything that we don't like to do being able to freed up to spend more time on on some new stuff or does it just not work that way like does it really have to be kind of hiring for one or the other you know it's not that you're hiring for one or the other Uh, i I guess my point is that um 
that for the same reason that you like to do the new stuff, um, so does so do most other people. Definitely. Yeah. So it's not really very fair to say, uh, I'll do the fun part and you'll do the 80% that's not fun, not yeah. as fun. Whereas if I get to make a new product and part of that is I have to do the 80% of it that's just necessary, of course I'm going to do that. That's what de- software development is like. <laughs> that's our life. Yeah. But but if you t- if you remove from that equation the little bit that's actually really creative and interesting that, that makes it all worth you've just it, created yeah. a, a crappy job. <laughs> now what I'm pointing out is maybe it's not a crappy job. There are types of people where it's not a crappy job, but that comes with some other stuff. Yeah, and, and that's the things I was mentioning. So like everybody wants to feel like they have mastery over their skill, right? So. And that they're able to do creative things in their way. So that's why I'm trying to point out, like, there are people who don't want to do the front-end product invention stuff, but they do have a feeling of mastery, and it goes into these things that I was mentioning. So if you want to do those things, then that's great. It's like, oh, good. Then it's okay to not to have a person that's not interested in, in finding the feature. But if you don't want to do that either, then you're saying, I want a person who doesn't want to do the creative front-end part, um, but also isn't obsessed with being awesome at 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 the at the back end of it it's like yeah. well then that's a person who like, who is that like i don't, I don't know if that's a person, person that you probably. want <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah got so it so you you're, you're kind of saying give them the yeah. good stuff yeah like and if we did want to slice it in a way where it was really was like kind of like the taking things over the finish line is on one side of the fence and then like prototyping the the new ideas is the other side it's a pretty special type of person that you're going to have to find to make sure that like they're sort of energized by that, that type of work basically. Yeah. But, but you just, I mean, you, you yourself just said, um, Hey, we need to find someone that can like do all the things cause we're small. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Well that's a yep. special kind of person. Like that, that's what that is, is a person who can yeah. do a lot of things pretty well. So how do you find someone like that? Because, um, we just did like this first hire and uh, we, we put out like a job posting. I tried to do everything in the, the best way I possibly knew how in terms of making sure we attracted good people. You know, the job posting I thought was very clear with lots of specific examples of projects we'd be working on. And I posted the salary and um, we, we got like 875 people applied, which was pretty wild. Um, which was its own challenge because I have no idea what the right way to actually get through that amount of applicants is. And maybe that's uh, something we can talk about too. But um, trying to find someone who is the right person to be like the third person at a company of two people, when that means like one day you might be writing documentation, one day you might be uh, helping someone troubleshoot some really hard customer support problem. Another day you might be prototyping a brand new product idea. Another day... You might be recording a video tutorial. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like you have to do everything. Um, you don't, Not that we'd have to hire someone that has to do everything, but like in a perfect world, it would be amazing to bring on someone who was motivated to sort of do everything. But I don't, I have no idea how to find people like that. Okay, well, a couple of things. One is, um, you mean, you're describing someone who's kind of like a founder, willing exactly. to do all the things yeah. and also has some sort of capacity to do good enough at all of them and probably excellent at a couple, right? So who's like that? Well, people that have the founder mentality, but for whatever reason, aren't doing their own thing now. Mm-hmm. So that could be they're working somewhere and they've listened to podcasts uh, about starting the company for four years and they're just not going to do it. But if they could be employee number one, 
such that they could do that thing that they are, or do that be that thing that they're, uh, they have a personal proclivity to want to do, but never jumped off the cliff. That could be exactly the right person. So if I listen to, I don't know, like the, there's so many of these startup podcasts, right? Like, uh, um, you listen to that, um, but you're still working your day job, but you've got a little bit of a nest egg and anyway, you're working at home. So what the hell, um, then that maybe that's the kind of person, um, or someone who's been a founder before and it didn't work out. And so, they get it. They've been there. They've done that. And who gives a crap? It didn't work out. The point is that they have the right attitude and probably it didn't work out for all kinds of reasons. Maybe just pure luck. Who cares? Maybe they're just no good. Okay, fine. But like, probably it's not quite that bad. It's probably just bad luck. Okay, well then uh, so that's probably good. So, so in a sense, quote unquote, failed entrepreneurs are actually probably a great pool. Another thing I would say, however, is that I, I, I will push back on this notion that that's a great idea to go hire someone that's going to do everything you just said. What I would say is that sounds like you're not quite sure what needs to be done at the company. Like what's actually important to do next? And if the answer is everything, I would say mm, that's probably not a very good plan. Sure. Yeah. And one reason it's not a good plan is that you can't find someone to do everything. <laughs> that's one indication it's a bad plan because it's too hard to execute. Like, even if it is a good plan, if it's too hard to execute it, then it's a bad plan. <laughs> so what I would say is, mm, I bet there's like one or two things that are actually the biggest blockers for what, again, whatever the actual goals of the company are. It could be personal, like you want to do whatever. It could be monetary. It could be market share. It could be touching a lot of people. It could be uh, uh, you know, becoming more specialist in some area, whatever. But like, whatever the goal is, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that the the most important way to unblock that goal is to do all the different tasks that you just said. That's the, I don't, I doubt it. It would probably be better to just like not have very good tech support, but do X or um, have tremendous tech support instead of some feature or, you know, like whatever, right. I, I don't know how to solve it, but um, my guess is that's not quite true. Now it, it, of course it is true that the earlier in the company, the more generalist you need people, you don't, you, unless something very special is happening, you know, you don't have sort of the, t the time to, for a specialist, but, um, you know, but, but if it were true that, for example, if, if you could just never think about tech support again and know that it was in really capable hands, you could double how many products you release the next 12 months, which would double revenue. Uh, and, um, and also set yourself up strategically in other ways like influence or a pattern, I don't know, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, then hiring as someone to just do tech support really, really well, though, like, right, like not okay, but like a really special part where you could really just hand it off and know that they're going to do an incredible job because they're a great communicator and they are intelligent enough to figure things out and people just love them. And in fact, they become more loyal to the company because of the experience they have in support, you know, that level of person. I mean, you know then maybe it is okay to hire a specialist in tech support if that's the kind of impact they're going to have. And that means you're freed up to do that. So uh, uh, for someone to be good at all those things, I would say maybe the wrong plan. And the question is, the better question is what one or two things might they, uh, do you need to unblock that would really change the nature of the company and the direction that you want to take it? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, better way to think about it for sure because it's been really hard to think about it from the other angle which is like i feel like we need to hire more people like ourselves where it's like some days i'm doing this some days i'm doing that some, and all these things need to get done but maybe the better thing to think about is what of those things could i just not do and have someone else do and they could do even more of that and um we can specialize at least a little bit you know what i mean
Yeah, and and here's here's another way to see why that's not the right idea. If you just hire more people like yourselves, the company won't really be different. Mm-hmm. It'll just be more of the same. At best, like the best possible th- outcome is that you hire someone who's as good as a founder and works as hard as a founder and has a skill set like that. And the company is exactly the same as it is now, but a little bit more so. So you've changed almost nothing. You've added almost no capabilities. Almost, almost nothing is different. And that's the best possible outcome. And the more likely outcome is not as good as that. What? That doesn't sound like a very good idea. What sounds better is like, what is missing that we can fill? What is not the case that you can do now? But if you could, or if that were to able, if that changed significantly, the company would change significantly again in a, in a direction that's meaningful or useful to you. Um, so, you know, is the goal to double the output of things or have, you know, incredible features in those things is it to double the number of people who use the css framework and it's more of a community open source thing because that's the goal i don't know but like whatever that is um there's knowing what it is that that would transform the company not just be more of the same um first of all whatever that is is probably even what you both should be doing or working on yeah so that the company isn't the same in a year as it is now but in the direction that you want and then it's, it's easier to understand who to hire because like, well, someone who would facilitate that happening, either that's because they have a skill set that you don't or they're better at something that you're not that helps draw the path or some some reverse of that, like you're doing stuff that's mundane and that's a huge waste of your time because you need to be doing the stuff that's not mundane. So someone who, uh, you know, in, in a different environment would be the office manager or, you know, right, like something to just take care of all kinds of stuff so that you're not doing that, so that your time is focused on those higher value things. So it can be that they're removing something that's mundane. So you don't really care that they're not as good at you as a tech support, because who cares? It just needs to be done with a certain level of competency. So stop it. Just do it like to stop obsessing. Yeah. Or that it's like not where you should be spending your time and obsessing and maximizing. You should do that somewhere else, say. At WP Engine, it's just the opposite. Tech support is actually one of the ways that we differentiate. Yeah. So for us, it's just the opposite. Having incredible uh, competency there, um, you know, frees us up for this, that, the other thing. Um, so, um, so that's one way is like removing stuff that just doesn't have to be as good as you are currently doing it. And yet a different way, which is even stronger, really more strategic and stronger, is oh, there's this gap that would make us better that you and your founder don't have or don't have the time to have. Um, and so this would actually increase the capabilities of the company along whatever this path is. Yeah. That would, that's actually the path that you want. That would be the strongest thing. It's a uh, man. The, talking about this is interesting to me and scary in some ways, because it feels like what you're, what you're talking about, it makes perfect sense, you know, like figure out where is like the one thing that if we had help there would make a big difference. And that sounds like it should be easy to figure out, but I have this like internal panic because I feel like we're in the process of, you know, growing the team and hiring people already. And I I feel like I don't have a good answer to that question other than I just feel like we have so much to do. You know what I mean? So it's not easy. It's not easy to answer. I'm not trying to uh, suggest that it is easy to answer. It is not. Yeah. But here's what I would submit to you. If you don't know the answer, then you don't know. You don't have a plan. Yeah, which is scary. You actually don't do. know what to do with the company. <laughs> so you're just like, I don't know, more of everything, I guess, because I don't know. And 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 uh, it is hard to figure it out. But I would suggest like, 
oh, but we need, we have to figure it out. Like, otherwise we really quite, and I'm not saying you have a plan as in you have a quarterly financial plan with it. That's not what I'm talking about, right? I don't mean that by plan. I just mean you don't know what to do. You don't know what to work on. You don't know which thing is most important. So it's like, do all of it because I don't even know what of this is important to do. Yeah. Um, it's possible that you don't have goal set. It's possible that you don't know like whether it's more important to make more money here or get more attention there or build up this mailing list for the future or no, I don't care about that. I just care about money now. No, there's all kinds of possibilities. They're all logical. They're all fine. There's no like uh, good or bad here, right? This is just whatever you want for the future. So what I'm suggesting is probably those questions are unknown at this moment. And I'm suggesting that's actually a root problem to solve. Mm-hmm. So rather than just like, well, I'll hire someone that does everything because I haven't solved my root problem, which is I don't have a strategy. I don't have a plan. Yeah. I'm suggesting like, oh, Actually, the probably the most important thing you could be you and your founder could be doing right now is figuring out the answer to that question. What is the what are the most you know one to three most important things? Because what is our actual goal here? That's probably more important than releasing another video. Except you need revenue, so I you know of course, but like sure, that's probably the most important thing to do. And then. Hiring still won't be trivial or obvious, but at least you'll have narrowed the universe down. You to have like, some okay, way to measure. Well, if we hired this kind of yeah. person, would it even help? You know, <laughs> like, and some possibilities might show themselves, right? So, do you have any advice for like figuring out the answers to those questions? Because I can say, like, at a big picture, I definitely feel like we know what we want to do, but in the day to day, sometimes it doesn't feel as clear as it does. Like, okay, I kind of know like what I hope we have done in nine months. And I can tell you what of those projects is probably the one that is most important. Um, but it still feels like the path from here to there is just littered with just chaos. (laughs) You know what I mean? So what is the overall goal for the company? Like, is it to just get more, rev- like maximize revenue or what, what would you say? I mean, and I don't mean like for 10 years, but like maybe the next year. Yeah. I mean, revenue is good. I think like in a lot of ways, the goal is to, is to not let revenue drop in a sense, because I, I feel like one of the, the biggest motivations for us hiring was just feeling like we released this product in February under like an early access model. Um, and we're not getting it done as fast as kind of we imagined we were getting, of course, because we're as much as pessimistic as we think we are. It turns out we're always too optimistic. Um, and, uh, to us, it kind of feels like we're trying to do too much with just the the two of us. And we almost are having a hard time fulfilling like our obligations to our customers in a sense, you know, like not in like some sort of dire, like horrible way, but just like, yeah. you know, I, I don't feel like we're kicking ass. I feel like we're like a little behind. And if I worry that if it's just the two of us forever, that like everything just can slowly rot instead of at least like staying, you know, where it is now. So, so, um, when you said, I want to keep doing these proof of concepts, like maybe it's bad to keep making new products when you can't keep up with the products that you have. And so, so one idea would be to say, um, and again, I'm, I'm projecting a bit here because, again, I, I know I don't understand the business and all the details and stuff. Sure, so sure. I, I recognize all that. So this is more of a, a sample, right, or an ex- a possibility. Um, so so one possibility is to say, look, we have sort of the the one who brought us to the dance, which is information, uh, information uh, what do you call it? Not services, information products. Yeah, like we have like in- info products that kind of got us here in the first place and then we- – that that's done like that there's no remaining work there at least and then we have like this early access like um uh html template product for people who use like our css framework so like 
pre-designed, pre-built like HTML snippets and templates is kind of like. The so you don't want to create any more info products to keep up that stuff. That's that's over. <laughs> that is something we we do want to do, and sometimes like that pops into our minds, and we feel like, oh man, we've spent so much time building up authority and like reputation in that space and building up that brand, and like if we don't right. keep kind of volleying that back up, then like we kind of lose our authority there too, and it feels like, oh man, wouldn't it be great to find someone who could focus on just keeping that branch alive you know so yeah so i'd say okay this brought you to the dance you probably can make more money that way um so one branch there right away is that sounds like easy money sure but it also sounds like the past and not something that you want to invest in because that's you don't want the company to be it's I'm, i'm hearing you don't want the company to be an info product company on the other hand it can make it could make it could continue to make some more money and therefore fund stuff and, and just yeah, provide and, some stability. And right now though, I will say like the new product is like outselling like the existing product, like by a landslide, it's like 80% okay. of our revenue. So the new product's done like almost 1.8 million since February. And the last mm-hmm. product has done like 2.2 million lifetime, which has been like about a year and a half. So, so why isn't it just as simple as uh, the, the goal for the next probably year, certainly right now, is make this one product successful. All of our time should be make this product successful, this new product. It's making plenty of money, so that's not the issue. Um, and when you dig into success, there's probably some stuff. Like, is there are there quality issues that are starting to pop up, and so you need someone who's doing that? Because someone who's working on quality and kind of doing customer service and writing the code, that could actually be kind of interesting. So a person whose personality is, as they say in in the Strengths Finder system, restorative mm-hmm. <laughs> and responsibility. You know, there's like, I, I I don't I'm not a huge proponent of these personality type things. I think mostly it's just uh, someone worked out that you could put nine points around a circle in evenly spaced and draw lines, and then that's personalities like that. Sure. Like that's yeah, how humans yeah. work, right? It seems a little convenient. So I don't believe that, that but I do believe there's an there's, acronym uh, or something. There's certainly yeah. some yeah, <laughs> there's certainly some aspects that make sense. Like there there is such a thing as the person who. Um, he wants to fix things, wants to restore things, cares about people, wants to hear about that stuff and then see, do the fix and then see that there. Uh, there's a person at WP Engineering, I remember, the, uh, who was one of the early employees. And there was a moment, this was like maybe five, six years in, where they were like, every day I come in and I go to my standing desk and I start working on this new product we're building. And I'm out of the corner of my... Uh, ear i'm hearing our tech support team and a customer's having a problem and i can't believe that i'm over here making a new product when that problem exists it was like tearing him up to work on something new when there was a bug now we all know there's never not a bug (laughs) there's a software that's like bug free so if that's your attitude you will never make anything again (laughs) that can't be healthy on the other hand that's a very sensible thing in other words here's a person where it's in their their soul to do this restorative thing, responsibility, caring, empathy. I want to fix it and derives not just like pleasure, but like fulfillment and even purpose personally in doing that. So that's just a very long way of saying, uh, of just kind of describing kinds of people. And and also the, another reason why it's useful to name all this is because that helps you hire. Like, let's suppose that's what you needed. If you say, look, my partner and I, like we can make all the new stuff, but we need someone who's going to be that restorative person who's going to 
talk to customers on tech support, actually have empathy for them because then it'll come through and customers will feel good because we can't train empathy. It has to just be there. And then they're going to turn around and want to fix all that stuff. And they're going to be fulfilled doing that rather than making the new feature. That's what we need because that will, f- we know how to make new features, but what we need is of course there's more and more work like that, that restorative responsibility, empathy work. There's just going to be more and more of that. And we recognize that as we get more and more people, and if we want to retain this revenue, we have to do that work, but we're going to need someone who gives a crap about that. In fact, not just cares, but is fulfilled by it. Um, so let's suppose that that's that, uh, that's possible. Good. Well, then by naming it that way, you can interview because during the interview, you can ask person thing like, uh, um, you know, tell me about uh, your philosophy on fixing bugs or have you ever done tech support also? Or do you like talking to customers or tell me about a problem that uh, a, a, a real puzzle where you thought it should go one way and the team thought it should go another way and there was strife. Tell me about that strife. Now, these are all good because it's about how people work and you learn interesting things with those kind of open-ended questions. But among them, you know you're listening for empathy, responsibility. Sure. You're listening for that in their answers, you know? And so, like, you, a, a, one person might say something like, uh, oh, my God, you know the old joke, like, this would be a lot easier without all them customers, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, no, man, I don't like talking to customers. Like, I, I know you have to, but... I like I like optimization. I like being in the back. I don't want to talk to them. I like I like compilers and uh, like uh, I just rely on product to figure that out. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here's someone who's not that. Yeah, yeah. And that might be okay depending on what you need, but like for that, that would not be that person. But then you have the person who tells a story like I just did and tells about how they were unhappy at their previous company because that happened. And you're like, oh, you're perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so that's what I mean. You you by naming it, you know what you're listening for and what you're prodding for in the interview so that you're seeking that person. Cause that's not a title and it's not a bullet point in LinkedIn. It's a personality. And so you have to prod, right. To, to discover what, what that is. So I know I'm just sort of went off on the, on that tangent, but I'm trying to make tangible this notion of, okay, if, if, if the goal of the company is make this new product successful, then what are the like one to three things that you need to do as a company to make the product sales. There might be marketing things, or maybe you're so good at that that you don't need that. Okay, fine. Um, more features. Okay, well, then maybe you need someone who builds features really fast. And actually, this is a person who does the 80% and doesn't do the other 20. That's what you need because fast features, because maybe the main problem you have is is uh, the, comp- the competition has way more features than you and you have to catch up. So you need people who do not get hung up on all these stupid bugs and they just go. And okay, if the bug is critical, fine, but otherwise just go, go, go. That's what you need. So that's what you need to hire for. You know, uh, On the other hand, it's like, no, we're not catching up on features and you and your partner, if you were freed up, um, a, even a little, you can keep up with the dang new features. That's really not the issue. It's, it's just all that other stuff that makes a product truly great. That other... 20% that takes 80% of the time that makes the product truly great. That's what's missing. You and your partner not only are not that personality, you're it's not your expertise, but you recognize how important it is for the overall success of the product. Therefore, that's that's the missing as a missing gap of not just skill but personality that you need so someone to be that excited about it and be that good at it. um or or whatever like so so what are those 1 to 3 things that um that will make the product really successful in the next 6 12 months? And and again, it could also be removing crap from you. Maybe you need a virtual assistant. Maybe that's the next hire is a VA so that every single little tiny thing that could possibly get off your plate goes away. All the bookkeeping, all the scheduling, all the whatever, even your dry cleaning, um, especially in COVID, like whatever, 
every single little thing goes away because that will give you back an hour or two a day if we're counting things like uh, interruptions and focus gaps. And that will actually double the effective uh, um, amount of work you can do in a week. Um, plus, maybe it's nice for you too. Um, that could, so that's a whole different kind of hire that's, that's about you being more efficient. So that's totally fine too. Now, again, I think that's about making the current company a little more so and not about actually enabling the company to do something new. But that doesn't mean you get wrong. It, it's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that's fine. Um, if you, if, cause you could say the thing holding us back the most is my schedule is half this bullshit and I just need to get rid of that. Okay. Then, uh, then there it is. You've identified what could really accelerate the business. That's fine. So, so nothing wrong with that. I'm just still suggesting that, that uh, it's possible that adding a skill gap might be more strategic and valuable than just increasing the, what is currently there. Yeah. A lot to think about. What do you think about, yeah. um, like one area for me that, uh, I've felt has been like a big hole in like my own professional career since I sort of went independent is I really miss like collaborative work. Like I really miss pairing with another developer for like four mm. hours a day. And I feel like I'm way more productive then because I'm more focused. I, you know, you just, you do a better job, at least in my experience. Um, do you have any opinions on like hiring with that in mind? You know, if it's not actually, because it seems like there's a risk to that of like, well, is that really letting you do more if you're just throwing more resources at a single problem or maybe it does? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think you have to evaluate for yourself. Is that, is that like this big efficiency gain and and therefore worth it, just like a VA. Um, there's also your own mental health, though. So what you just said is, God, I really miss it. That counts. And it's kind of, you know, kind of gets back to that, like, what are we really trying to do here? And the answer could be, look, the primary thing is revenue, but not at the at the cost of my mental health, because why the hell am I doing all this if I also hate life? Like, what the hell, what, am, what the hell is that about? So, yes, it's number one is revenue. We can't not do that. But like, yeah, but, but, but. But actually, my state of mind counts here, you guys. So hiring an engineer who I can pair with will both help us with revenue because it'll help us make, um, let's just say, get features to a great level of quality, both, because that's what you're saying, right? Like, sure, sure you yeah. can dash something off, but but then you'll have to fix it. And this is a better way, maybe, you know, right? No, yeah. So this will help us get to that end state of high quality work faster, which that acceleration helps with the revenue part. And it addresses this mental health thing in a way that, say, a VA would not, or even a technical support person who got rid of that would not. So that the way you'd evaluate that is you'd say, okay, we stack rank this thing and said, number one, revenue, number two, like, do I like doing what I do every day most of the time? And so some of these ideals we have for hiring would, would satisfy one, but not two. Maybe that's okay if it absolutely destroys at one. Hey, because if it destroys at one, you can hire someone else. <laughs> right? So maybe that's okay. But let's say it's, but on the other hand, you could say, well, you know, this one's really good at one, but this other one's basically as just as good at one, except it would also help with two. Well, there's, that's an easy one. That's an easy decision, right? So um, yeah, that does get back to those, like, what is the goal exactly? And the answer doesn't only have to be money. It can be anything. I feel like I am going to have to think hard about that and, go and see if I can come up yeah. with a very specific answer because like I think that uh, obviously the most important thing I'm learning from this conversation so far is that um, you need to have very specific sort of reasons for what you're doing and specific problems you're trying to solve because it's easy to just feel like 
we need help it's harder to figure out like what is the exact help that we could get that would make us not feel like we need help anymore right and and uh and in any way if you don't know what the goals are it's it's only luck if that you'll hit them and yeah. supposing you do have goals but no but you don't have an identified like what's the most important thing or two that we need to do for it that again like whether you hire someone or not and whoever you hire what any of that like how do you know it's going to help with the goal if you haven't thought that through and, and, and just decided and you'll never know if you're right because life is an experiment you can't run twice right so yeah that it's not really about being right it's really more about we, we thought through it and we've made a decision we've picked some things yeah <laughs> and uh, you know look if, if we stack rank this thing one two three look if we stack ranked it one three two would we would we be wrong? Probably not. Sure. It's not really yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. It's about picking something that is smart, <laughs> and then having all of our other decisions and actions be consistent with that thing. And if we pick something else, it's probably just as smart. But inconsistent choices—that's terrible because then it's not adding up, and it, right, like that's not good. Pick something, and then maximize that something. That's probably right. And without picking, without having picked it, man, like it, it's really just a drift. How do you kind of come to terms with and like get comfortable with the idea that like there's all sorts of stuff you want to do that you believe is very important and would make a huge difference that mm -hmm. just literally will never get done because like you mm -hmm. can only do so many things and other things happen to be more important. Yeah. Or, or what's funny is what if any one of those five things could be like if you focused on just one, it could be the most important thing. But if you try to spread around all five, then none of them will be very useful. That's probably the case. So like like more videos or something like, yeah, if you just like killed it at videos, maybe that would help. But if you're just going to do one every quarter, like then zero is probably them? a lot yeah. less time and, and distraction and about the same impact. And to be able to double down on something else and have it and just kill at that other thing, that's probably more impactful. So again, which one you pick, I mean... Sure, there's probably better and worse choices, of course, but it's it's really more about j just simply deciding, okay, they could all be pretty important, but I'm just going to make this one the number one, this one the number two, and ignore the rest on purpose, because then we have such a better chance of destroying at those first two, we'll know how to hire We'll know how to. We'll know what features to write. We'll know how to spend our time. Our own time will get less distracted, um, and it'll even be clearer actually for our customers because they'll see what we're what we're doing, <laughs> you know, and what we're not doing, and that that'll be good too actually. Yeah, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I was hoping we could kind of finish it off with talking a little bit about uh, just the idea of managing people, having never managed people before, and probably this is a huge topic. So um, maybe we can just focus on a couple things that you think are most important but like you have someone like me who's literally never managed people before trying to do a good job pe giving people a, a great place to work and making their job fun um and fulfilling like what am i probably going to screw up that i should be watching out for well i think one thing is is uh the thing i mentioned earlier which is um if you want to do what you just said which is make it a great workplace and you know, help them with whatever the, their career means to them and whatever's fulfilling. I guess the first question is, do you even know what those things are? And it doesn't count to say, but I told them if they want anything to ask, that's not, that's not you knowing what they are. Yeah. <laughs> that's so if you don't know what their career goals are, how, how do you know you're helping them with that? If you don't know what is fulfilling to them, how do you know you're helping them with that and so forth? 
So, well, they'll tell me, or I, I ask them, nah, because most people still don't say, you have to like pull it out of them on purpose. And so then, then you're really finding out. And so just actually finding out <laughs> and then, and then acting accordingly is, is already more than what a lot of people do. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, we tend to scoff at the idea of a career. In other words, we've already sort of decided that a career in the traditional sense doesn't matter to us. And so then we make all these other conclusions like, well, I'm not going to have titles in my company because titles are dumb. They're for big companies. And anyway, everyone's important and, and everyone's going to do lots of different things. And I feel silly anyway and screw that. And we think, again, that we're doing some favor to everybody else because that's how we feel about ourselves. But that is not how almost anyone else feels. The way other people feel is this shit's going on LinkedIn. And in four years, in in eight years, if this is great, in four years, if it's okay, in one year, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to need to get another job. And it's not going to say founder because then it's okay. Then the title doesn't matter. Sure. It's going to say something else. And that matters what it says. The title matters. It, it describes what I did, what my scope of responsibilities are. It helps define what my next job even can be. So it matters. So when the founder tells me we don't have titles, doesn't matter, I guess I can make it up. But actually, you're not doing me any favors. So uh, I'm not trying to like really pick the hell out of out of the title thing. I'm just trying to give no, an example. Yeah, of, no, it's, since we don't think about careers in the normal way, like we make all these like weird deductions that don't make sense for other people. So to, to kind of put yourself back into a position of like, yeah, if I really did care about the career and the traditional sense of this other person, what would that mean? What are they, how are they trying to grow? What skills do they have now? In what way are they growing? Am I helping them do that? So, so here's an example. Let's say they, let's say they are a software engineer. So they were a software engineer for IBM, whatever the hell that means, right? Because that's our attitude as founders. I don't even know what that means, but they're pretty good. So I don't care. Right. But uh, what does that mean though? What skills should they have or not? And then if they were at a regular company and they were going to get more money and have a bigger title and whatever, what would that mean? And are you going to help them do that here so that when they do get their next job, they are making more money and blah, 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 and and rightly so because they have the experience? Is that going to happen? Well, the only way that's going to happen is if you know what it means to become a a software engineer five, and then you help them with that. Um, Now, I'm being super formal about it. And at WP Engine, we do do stuff like that. But again, we're at a scale where that makes sense. So I'm not. So it's possible that you could do literally that and be that sort of pedantic about it. But of course, that may also be inappropriate and and nonsense at this stage. But there's there is a there is a middle ground between I don't care about careers for my employees. And I think that's cool even though it's not. And I'm going to be like IBM. <laughs> and you know, like there's a middle ground there of, no, I need to care, but we're going to do it in our own way. We can't not care. We can't not help them along. That's what new, found, new managers and definitely founders do. And that's wrong. That's doing wrong by that person. But I can't be super formal like IBM. That's ludicrous. So maybe what you could do is, you know, you pull some examples that are formal to get a sense. And then you're like, now, what does this mean for us? What, how do we want to interpret this? Because maybe this could turn into what this means to us. Maybe it's part of our culture. Maybe it's part of some growth thing. Maybe it's just categories of, of discussion as opposed to some rubric or some thing that's, that feels way too strange. And uh, so in other words, maybe these rubrics could inform something that is more appropriate where you are helping them progress and you are doing it in a way that's going to translate but not in something so formal that it's foreign to to the culture and the and the appropriateness of the organization. When you're like a, specifically on like the job titles thing, if you're a company of like four or five people, 
it feels hard to come up with job titles that would even be meaningful. Like, how do you make someone the head of something if there's no body of that thing? You know what I mean? Um, because they, they're the only person doing yeah. it. Like, do you have any advice on on that specific problem? I guess. Um, I actually like these these sort of non titles like head. Yeah. Like head of marketing because like uh, head of marketing is not a job title. Like, you, there's no such thing as head of marketing at any company of any like. If you have 30 or more people, there's not a head of marketing. There's a, something specific, right? So it's actually good in a certain sense because it's it's indicating a scope of responsibility. But, you know, it's silly to say CMO because that doesn't translate. But it's also silly to say marketer or something because they're doing more yeah, than that, yeah, right? Yeah. So I do think people can explain a little bit um, to the next person. Like, I was head of, like, like the, the, the company's only four people, so I had to do, I had to wear a lot of hats. That's actually a cool thing. That's probably a good thing, right? And so... But saying CMO is kind of funny. So I actually think things like head of this area isn't bad. Okay. Uh, but even for software, like let's say you hire a software developer. Fine. So there's software developer. You don't have to have a number after it. Uh, you might say senior or something. You know, you might have something like that that sort of generally categorizes yeah. what we're talking about. Maybe if they're a senior now, you call them an, uh, a lead, uh, which is a job title, or, um, or even a principal, although that does have some meaning. Principals generally... Are involved in creating, really creating and driving products, uh, creating new products along with product, obviously. Um, but if they're doing that, then uh, then principal could be could be good. Um, so I think y- you could consider their current titles a little bit. And um, yeah, it, it, I, I do agree that it's it's a uh, it's tricky because you don't it, to fulfill the career LinkedIn thing. You, you use titles, but other, but but it could be simply inappropriate. What, what, what I definitely think is bad is inf- is using a real title and inflating it, like saying CMO, when you really mean they're just handling the marketing stuff. Sure. But like at any other company of any size, there's no way they'd be the CMO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason that's bad is, one, it's not right for their resume. And two, if someday you need a CMO, you got a problem. Now, for some people, it's not a problem. They're like, I know, like, it's cool. I'll be something else. But for most people, I find that's not a transition they are capable of making. It's like they're getting replaced, and even though the reality is... they put on LinkedIn yeah. that they're the CMO. So what is LinkedIn going to say? They're the CMO and then they were the <laughs> lot less? Yep. yep, That's not good, right? Like, um, As opposed to, I was, you know, I ran all marketing for a small company, and then once we got big enough to have some stuff, I became the, mm, oh, now that's a narrative. That doesn't make you look like a chump. That's okay. So I, I think title inflation, like using a real title inflating, that causes problems for folks that's not necessary to cause. But using t- things that are not really titles like head, that actually can um, can sort of skirt around that. Yeah. Um, I know we have, we're scheduled till I guess, one minute from now. Uh, do you have to go? I do, cool. yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's great, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this stuff. You've left me with a lot to think about. And um, hopefully I can put some of this stuff in, into practice and you know make my own life a little bit easier. So, again, really appreciate you taking the time. And, Great. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jason Cohen. If you want to check out the show notes for this episode, you can find them at fullsackradio.com slash 142. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>